Open link. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here. I'll be there in like two seconds. There we go. No audio. Turning on the camera. There we go. Hello, everyone. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense when we are graced by the appearance of Kai Rizdahl. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I didn't even dress for it or anything. I'm Kai Rizdahl. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. It is the uh, 26th of February. And um, yes, you can uh, see us on YouTube, I guess. Or I don't even know where we put these. Our social team puts them out. Anyway. Anyway. It's always fun. Yes. Uh, Yes. So today, since it's Monday, we're going to do some news and some smiles. And we will start with the news as we do. Kai, what's your news? So so basically, I've got two smiles today. But but one of them I put in the news because, number one, we all know what the big news is. There's nothing, Mm. you know, earth-shaking out there happening that that everybody listening to this podcast hasn't already seen or heard go by in their feeds or what have you. So I will not Mm -hmm. I will not supposed to tell people things they don't know. That said, Mm. there was a totally fascinating article in the New York Times this past weekend, I think it was Saturday, about the, it was behind the scenes, basically, of how those TikTok trick shot videos, you try to say that 10 times fast, gets made, get made. How much time it takes, how these guys, because most of them are guys, do it. We should also probably interrogate why it's guys who do this stuff. Um, right? I mean, because women have too much sense than to spend, here's the headline, 35 hours making a 10-second clip. I mean, they're super fun to watch as they go by on TikTok, but oh my God, the productive capacity of this economy that goes into making them. Anyway, read it. It's it's super interesting. And these, look, these guys are making a living for it. As it says in the article at one point, you know, um, uh, when when paying the bills depends on making these shots, you will do it as long as it takes. It's It's totally interesting. Totally interesting. Well, and how much money do they stand to make off of these videos? Because if you actually break it down, if it takes you 35 hours and you make 100 grand off of it, you know, that's worth it. Or even if you make 50 grand, you're still doing better. Uh, I guess it just kind of (laughs) depends. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's just, it's so interesting. Look, I'm the first guy who's like, oh, that's a cool video, man. And, you know, I like it or thumbs up it or whatever the hell it is. But, you know. It's, there's just stuff going on out there. You're like, oh, yeah, this is an occupation. This is a thing that people do to get by. Yeah, and it's harmless. And I love yeah. I love all these things that are just yep. nice and easy and harmless. And yep. they allow us to stop thinking about it, about yep. life for totally. a minute. Because when I woke up this morning and started reading my newsletters, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Um, And it was best encapsulated for me in this uh, editor's note form in Roll Call. And it says, editor's note, never mind the Ides of March, beware all of March. It will be one packed month for Congress, the presidency and the courts. I'm not going to read all of this, but I'm just going to read you some of the things that are coming up, right? So in Washington, we just need overlapping calendars to be aware of what's going on and there's a lot. The first of the month gets things started with the expiration of a stopgap, short-term continuing resolutions for four fiscal 2024 appropriations bills, agriculture, military construction, VA, energy, water, and transportation HUD. But wait, there's a late February prequel to that drama, and that would be whatever transpires in the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. When the Senate returns Monday today, the House does not arrive back until Wednesday, the earliest it would get on with the presentation of articles to the Senate. Moving on, past the impeachment proceedings, then... uh, 
and the expiration of funding for a good chunk of the federal government. The next week is a real banger. March 5th is Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super Tuesday also features congressional primaries in a bunch of states that that represent 115 House seats. I'm, I'm summarizing here. And then at, two days later on March 7th, Biden delivers his State of the Union address, which also comes on the eve of another deadline, the March 8th expiration of the second batch of appropriations oh bills. The following Monday, March 11th, Biden <laughs> sends his fiscal 2025 budget to Pat Capitol Hill. Mm. Side note here. Biden, on Monday, March 11th, will send his fiscal 2025 budget to Congress. We are still working right. on the fiscal 2024 budget. <sighs> then there's another batch of presidential primaries. And on March 19th, more primaries. And then recess. And uh, then on March 25th, we have the first criminal trial of a former U.S. president getting underway. And then oral arguments in the Supreme Court on the FDA versus uh, the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, which has to deal with the abortion uh, bill, the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. So that's March. And I want to watch some trick shot videos now. <laughs> there you go. That's a nice little segue. Oh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Hey, you got the sniffles. Are you sick or is that allergy season in Washington? It's allergy season. Oh, it's starting to get warm. That uh, means that I will be sniffling. I will be sneezing. I will be rubbing my eyes. Uh, and as much as I love cherry blossoms, the rest of it can just go kick rocks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Oh, Jay Seabold at the controls. Nicely done. Nicely done. Oh, man. All right, hit that next thing in your playlist there. There we go. There we go. Talk to me about video games, Kimberly Adams. What do you got? This was a delightful story in the Washington Post profiling uh, Koji Kondo, who wrote the theme to Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers game. And that is the first video game entry that's ever um, gotten into the Library of Congress uh, list. You know, they do their sound recordings that they add every year. And so this was added last year, the theme to Super Mario Brothers. And this article goes into how influential the work of Koji Kondo has been. He's worked for Nintendo his entire career. He has this background in music, but always loved gaming. And the way that he talks about where the inspiration comes from and how he thinks about it, he plays all the games first. What Mm. I loved about it was, um, you know, he mentioned that the other uh, composers working at Nintendo's at the time, they just kind of sw- took turns of who was going to do what game. And it just so happened that he ended up with Mario. And, you know, he loves it. It's it's That's just cool. beautiful. That's cool. It's a really nice piece. Yeah. So That's it made cool. me smile. Very cool. And and so not to get all marketplace, you know, weird on this, but the industry behind video games, right? The music and the voice acting mm-hmm. and all that jazz, huge part of this economy. I think I heard on David's show, the morning show a number of months ago yeah. when, they, when they did this thing, right? It's it's bigger than what? Hollywood and music yeah. put together, right? So mm-hmm. it's Because I mean, think lot. about the amount of time that people spend gaming right, and, exactly. you know, Exactly. It, it also, I, I, I lost the exact excerpt in this. Here we go. This is what I want to say. More than music, Kondo sculpted the soundscape for video games as audio director and engineer for Mario. From the bling of collecting coins as ubiquitous a sound as cash, for cash as ka-ching, to the elastic 
boing of a jump, he quickly turned to composing songs for The Legend of Zelda, another Nintendo title hmm. in 1986 that transformed the media. Kondo and other sound engineers in the industry laid the groundwork for chiptune music today, and for years, Kondo's melodies have evolved past primitive sound chips to be performed worldwide. Yeah. Super it's just cool. nice. Good little story. Good yeah. little story. What's your story? Uh, okay. So in the New York Times today, uh, sorry, I know this is two in a row from the New York Times, but, you know, that's that's where I saw these stories. So there is uh, news of a huge philanthropic donation to a medical school in the Bronx, New York. Oh, a billion dollar donation will provide free tuition at the Albert Einstein Med- College of Medicine in the Bronx, which is, as this article points out, the poorest of the five boroughs of New York City. It's a gift being given by a longtime professor at the college. Her name is Dr. Ruth Gottesman. She is now the chair of the board. She's giving away a billion dollars. Let me say that again, which is just in and of uh, itself just amazing. Free tuition, which is just an enormous gift to those students who get these scholarships because medical education is just insanely expensive. Here's mm-hmm. why. Here's the thing that made me chuckle about it. She she is 93. Dr. Gottesman is. Her husband, David, her late husband, David, mm-hmm. was a Wall Street guy, longtime associate of Warren Buffett. And back in 1968, David Gottesman, while working with Warren Buffett, invested a bit of his money in Berkshire Hathaway Class A stock. <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway Class A stock has famously never split. Warren Buffett now makes his most recent earnings report $93 billion a year that company does, right? So lots of profit. A, sh- a single share now of Berkshire Hathaway A stock goes for $616,000. It's up like like 50,000% in the past 55 mm-hmm. years. Invest for the long haul, people. Invest and hold. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Invest and hold. Well, and talk about investing. Look at what she's now using that investment right, right, to invest right. in. Totally. Yes. That's going to create an entire generation of doctors that will be able to maybe be family physicians or doctor, work yeah. in low-income areas because they're not crushed with medical debt. And so they'll be able to take those degrees and go into communities that need doctors yep. when- a lot of times these doctors can't because they have so much medical school right. debt. So totally. this is, I loved that story. Yeah. I, I thought about using that, but I'm glad you did as yeah. well because it's Excellent. great. Good stuff. All right. That is it for us today. Uh, join us tomorrow for our weekly deep dive. And we will be talking about one of my favorite things, anime. And in particular, the rise of anime culture in the U.S. and the economy around it. Uh, why it's become so popular and what it means for Hollywood and streaming and the rest of the entertainment industry. I personally am planning on learning a ton. No, I I know nothing about anime other than, you know, they're cartoons, but it's probably derogatory to call them (laughs) cartoons. I don't know, whatever. No, it's fine. All right, we'll get into that tomorrow. If uh, if you have questions for us about anime or if you have comments about uh, anime because you're a fan, uh, we want to hear them. Uh, You know how to get a hold of us. Email us at makemesmartatmarketplace.org. Leave us a message, 508-U-B-S-M-A-R-T is how you can do that. Uh, And uh, Jay does not want to wait on you. No, Jay, Jay. Oh, my God, Jay. <laughs> Make Seems Me like Smart is produced go. by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Jay Siebold. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter, and our intern is Talia Menchaca. It's going to be a race to the finish on the credits. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Do we have enough music going? Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. Francesca Levy is the executive director of Digital Yes by like three beats. Plenty of time. Boom. Plenty of time. Boom. 
We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Khreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.